Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. We invite you to this holy hour of power. This is High Energy Catholic Radio. We're two Catholics with a PhD in common sense, and I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about yeah, you? Yes, I'm reporting for duty, sir, and I'm reporting to share the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that acts like God doesn't exist. So that just gives me more motivation to preach the word without any compromise. To a world that's gone mad, Terry. Absolutely. By the way, July is the month where we honor the precious blood of Jesus, and it's not a coincidence that it falls between June's devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and August's devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. (laughs) So July is an ideal time to connect our devotion to Jesus and Mary into deeper gratitude for the bond they share, as well as to heighten our connection to the blood of the Lamb of God, which we receive in the Most Holy Eucharist. Also... Yes. Terry, if any if, if people like what they hear, they can support the show oh, absolutely. by sharing the full show link at vmpr.org, vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMPR Radio, at VMPR Radio, and our YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. <laughs> Share us with your friends and evangelize everyone you love and care about. And I got to tell you, that Full Sheen Ahead that we started just about six months ago, um, we're getting thousands and thousands of people watching those uh, clips. And I thank God for that because Jess and I both will be talking about Sheen until the last breath of our air uh, because we believe that what he has to say is so appropriate for us. Jess, today we've got some good topics um, you know, the topic of the need to save the planet or to save our soul, what's that all about? Uh, number two, uh, we want to address Pope Francis's warm welcome to Nancy Pelosi uh, and um, what he has to say about uh, well, what he basically says is support for abortion is a matter of conscience to Biden as a pastor. He said, I let him let him think about that, but I can't tell him anything. So that's a sad and it just shows me the need to pray for Pope Francis. Also, Disney backlash. Jess, you touched on it last week a little, but we're going to get into this where now good people are pushing back to these corporations that are trying to be woke. And it's really good that you see that. Also, I just want to throw this in, Jess, that Cardinal Pell, his comments about Roe versus Wade. What a great cardinal, his comments, being a foreigner from mm-hmm. Australia. He was in San Francisco last month, and boy, did he have some nice things to say about the success of, of Roe versus Wade being uh, taken care of. Also, Jess, we are going to let just mention uh, that Archbishop Vigano has a message to the U.S. bishops, and I'll tell you that later in the show. I happen to think he's spot on, and much, much more on the show today, but before we do any of that, I, let's, I got a couple of news items. Real let's quick get there. some news items. Hit me. Yeah. The Wisconsin court rules against drop boxes. This is good news. It is. So explain the Wisconsin- what a drop box for the elections, because people don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. Uh, the, the drop boxes are used for ballot collections yep. during upcoming elections. So the, the Wisconsin court ruled Friday that unmanned drop boxes for ballot collection cannot be used in upcoming elections. Thanks, Peter. That is huge, yep. Terry. That's, that needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, voters must vote in person or personally or personally mail in their individual ballots, the court ruled. Here's what the court said, quote, an absentee ballot must be returned by mail or the voter must personally deliver it to the municipal clerk at the clerk's office 
or a designated alternative site. Yes, let's be honest. Let's tighten up our election process. I mean, when you get on a plane, you always have to show your ID. Is that a bad thing? No, it says who you are. When we go to vote, is that a problem just to pull out your driver's license or some kind of California ID that says, hey, I'm who I am to verify the authenticity of my vote? I don't understand why we don't do that. And I still don't understand the Democrats' argument. They say showing an ID is racist. What? Get out of here. I, it doesn't even make sense. There's no, no. connection. It's no. a it, it, it's a non sequitur. It doesn't follow. That logic doesn't follow. Amen. Here's another news item. Tell me. Democrats are actually conspiring against Biden. What do I mean by that? <laughs> the Washington Examiner reports on a whisper campaign. Yeah. There seems to be a circular firing squad among Democrats who are more and more dissatisfied with, with uh, President Joe Biden serving as the party's figurehead as the November elections approach. So the Washington Examiner provides a number of Democratic strategists who are disgruntled and in some cases panicked. And they're commenting in this report. Last news item. Hey, Jesse, before you do the last one, Biden's approval rate is only 37 percent. So they have something to be concerned about with the midterms coming up. Next action item. And especially his wife uh, yesterday saying, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. When I think of Mexicans, you know, they're like tacos. You know, they're like, you know, Mexicans are like, you know, they're like as different as tacos. And his son. What the heck was that all about? And Jesse, his son uh, on video dealing with a prostitute, you know, deal. I mean, he's in deep trouble. But you know what, Jesse? Smoking uh, all kinds of narcotics. Yes. See, this is all coming out now. You think he would have ever... Well, anyhow, that's another story. Keep going, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts, (laughs) she said that Democrats should put a stop to pregnancy resource clinics right now. Unbelievable. Her rhetoric comes amid an ongoing rash of violent attacks on such clinics which provide support for pregnant women who wish to keep their babies rather than abort them. So after the repeal of Roe versus Wade, Elizabeth Warren said it's more important than ever to crack down on so-called crisis pregnancy centers. Terry, it's irresponsible statements like this as to why you have uh you know these anarchist groups out there that are attacking and burning and graffitiing and vandalizing these pregnancy counseling centers because if they see a sitting senator or a sitting congresswoman or, or congressman making statements like this, that gives them the green light to go and vandalize that place. Of course, she's stoking the fire. Jess, so much going on, so oh, much gosh. reparation that needs to be made. Brother, let's get the good news out. We call it soul food. What do you have for today? Yeah, that's why I want to save it to the end. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. Yes, short. Uh, Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done. Since they had not repented, woe to you. Scott Hahn says that's a covenant curse from God. Yeah. Woe, woe, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes but i tell you it'll be more tolerable for tyre and sidon on the day of judgment than for you and as for you capernaum will you be exalted to heaven you will go down to the netherworld those words refer to satan by the way as well mm-hmm. uh, you know the devil lucifer wanted to be exalted in heaven and god ended up sending him down to the netherworld so it not only refers to 
uh, Tyre and Sidon in Capernaum, it also reverses Satan, that verse. Our Lord says, For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until that, this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This but, is very simple what's going on here. Yeah, okay? yes. Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, these are three cities where Jesus Christ went, preached, performed amazing miracles and healings, and, and, and delivered people from possession. People saw that he was the real deal, the Son of God. And they rejected him. And, and they rejected him still. Yep. So he's saying, Tyre and Sidon, by the way, those are cities in Lebanon. Okay, There's, it's, it's north of Israel. It's not even in, 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 the, in the Holy Land. The, and so it's considered Gentile country. He's saying, Tyre and Sidon, they haven't seen anything because I haven't been over there. You've seen what I could do and my claims. Well, guess what? It's going to be it's going to be easier on judgment day for Tyre and Sidon because they haven't seen the works of the son of God like you have but you Chorazin Bethsaida and Capernaum woe to you as Scott Hahn says in Hebrew that means a covenant curse come upon you for rejecting what you've seen Jesse I say the same thing to myself to you this yeah. gospel applies to us today woe to us who reject the gospel of life the gospel that is proclaimed for the last 2000 years People receive the gospel, they have freedom to say no or to say yes. And I'm referring to baptized Catholics especially, not just non-Catholics, but ones that have been given the faith and reject it. It's pretty sad, Jess. Yeah, Terry, and, and again, this is, a lot of this is is a result of just uh, that we have so many dissenters in the church. This is bad catechesis. That's right. You know, today I went to Mass with my wife in the morning, and yep. there was a lady that does, she doesn't go to daily Mass. We've never seen her there before. So she, she walked in. She's yeah. kind of looking around. Yeah. Uh, the pastor the pastor at daily Mass, he, he, he does an Ovis Ordo Ad Orientum, Monday Good. through Friday. He That's does Ad Orientum. Love it. He, we, we have an altar rail, and he uses the altar rail. Good. And people know. So you go to daily Mass, you know, you kneel down, you lean your head back, you stick your tongue out. That's how it works. Uh, yeah. And uh, he, nobody, nobody stands up. <laughs> And he does everything at Orientum. So she walked in, and I can tell she's looking around. She's like, you could see her. She was angry, like, why is he not facing us? You could tell as he's doing the prayers and facing the, the tabernacle. Yeah. And when it came to communion, you know, every all the regular daily mass scores, they all kneel down, lean their head back, you know, stick their tongue out and say amen. She walked up there. She stood up. And I could say, yeah, because she wasn't from the pair. She was probably somebody on vacation or something. Mm -hmm. And she was angry what she was seeing, Terry. Because she was right next to me, but she was to my left. She was standing up. So the priest, you know, uh, as he's going down, giving Holy Communion, she says, in my hands, please. And she stuck her oh hands God. right out. And, you know, Father gave it to her in her hand. Yeah. And she just basically ran right out of the church angry. Pray for Again, her. Terry, yeah, we, we did we did pray for me and Anita. Good. But uh, this is just the lack of catechesis in our church. Abs right from the top to the bottom. Hey, when we come back, I'm going to give you a Fulton Sheen quote that'll set the stage for the next segment. Stay with us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Fulton Sheen quote, Terry. <laughs> you got it. Full Sheen ahead. 
Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Sheen. Yeah, full Sheen ahead. Jess, this sets the stage. I mean, I'm, I, I still think every time I get these quotes, I think they're 60, 70 years old. Here's what he said, because it applies to us today. When a child is given to his parents, a crown is made for that child in heaven. And whoa, whoa, do you remember the gospel today? Whoa, mm. to the parents who raise a child without consciousness of that eternal crown. Jesse, I'm just going to say this, and, you know, I, it just makes me see it. As a parent, I understand that I have to be that moral authority in my family and that the buck stops with me. And I think of the church, and I think of this issue of abortion, and I'm going to bring it up, pray for Pope Francis, because he's telling a Catholic, he's our spiritual father, okay? And when he doesn't correct his children, saying that killing unborn babies is a mortal sin, knock it off, stop it, then I don't think he's being the father that he's called to be as a spiritual father for all of us. And Canon 2.12 says, I have a right to speak to my pastor and say, Pastor, be more authoritative. Be more like the gospel of what Jesus did today. He was very direct with these people. And my point to you is Fulton Sheen is telling us parents to be straight about knowing that we have a supernatural life to live and our children need to know that. And I say that the same thing to our priests, our bishops, our cardinals, and to the Pope himself, that when we sin and the parents' spiritual fatherhood says nothing to correct us, that's a big problem in the church, brother. Okay, I'm done. Terry, it's what, it's from, it's what you just said is based out of Luke twenty two thirty two. Got it. Jesus Christ tells Peter, the first Pope, he says, you're supposed to confirm your brethren. Yep. What that means is you're supposed to make judgments. To, when you confirm something, you're making a judgment whether it's right or wrong. And so the one that, the buck stops with, the, with St. Peter and his successors in terms of deciding and telling us and teaching us what's yep. right and wrong. That's right. And it's not happening right now. No, and we need to make the reparation. That's why on Thursdays we pray for the Pope, the bishops, and the cardinals. And the clergy, because they need our prayers. But just this kind of sets the stage for our next topic. Which yeah, the the whole world, Terry, right now, the globalists is. are so. Uh, one of the things, yeah, one of the things about liberal and globalists, you'll see secular humanists. Yeah, they worship the planet. Exactly, they're focused on that. Yeah, they have this need to save the planet, and uh, you know, but what they for they, what they seem to forget is that the only people that need saving are people with, with eternal, rational souls. That's the Amen. human person. Amen. And perhaps if one follows the priorities of Jesus and the Gospels, this may turn out to be the most important thing about being human, is saving your soul and saving the souls of others around you. I can see that it is perfectly proper to use the word salvation for a range of other things, but nothing like the human soul, because... The earth is an inanimate object. Right. It basically hosts animate life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the host for animate. That's where animate life, you and I, human persons, even animals, have, have a soul. Plants have a soul. That's right. Vegetative soul, uh, a sentient soul. There's a book by Eric Metaxas. He just, it just came out. It's called it's Athe Atheism Dead. Mm -hmm. he, what he does... 
In the book, he re-examines the arguments for cosmological fine-tuning, and he reminds us of the critical role Saturn and Jupiter play as two of the most important contributors to the emergence of life on Earth. Fascinating. Without their massive gravity, asteroids and comets would have bombarded Earth throughout its history, disrupting the stable evolutionary development of multicellular organisms. You think God didn't have anything to do with that? Exactly. That was by design, right? Yeah, perfect design. Not one inch too close, not one inch too far. Right. So can it be argued that Jupiter and Saturn have saved the Earth? Perhaps. But even then, not quite. They save it from asteroid bombardment. And so what they save is the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. not the molten rock or the hard skin on which we perch. (laughs) So why does this all matter? Because the Earth is an inanimate object that hosts animate life. We use the word pantheism to describe religious instinct that sees God in all biological life and the environment that sustains it. There are plenty of religions and cultures that claim that, pantheism. Right. But the Bible is distinct, distinctively different. The prophets go to great lengths to make the distinction between the earth and life on earth, which is creation from the creator who made them. This is the distinction that saves us from the, from the age-old sin of idolatry. Terry? Well said. Many Christians have become increasingly aware that the eschological uh, ecological focus is taking the shape of a new religious instinct. Yes, that is moves too far and too fast in drawing our attention away from, all right, Sky Father, the creator out there, instead towards the Earth Mother. We've heard that. The life-giving force down here. <laughs> Baloney. The emergence of Lovelock's uh, Gaia Gaia Theus, the self-regulating symbiotic relationship between organic and inorganic material, helped develop the idea that the Earth was self-supporting, self-regulating entity. It added an impetus to the sense that as our culture lost sight of God, the Father and the Creator, which we do right now, it was being drawn back into the old pagan instinctive placation of Mother Earth. Anthropology, mm-hmm. a narrative that made humankind central to the story, began to give way to, are you ready? We've heard this, karma, which didn't. Jess, hit it. Save the planet then becomes a kind of rallying cry for Mother exactly. Earth by the left. Yes. And it marks a slow but misguided immersion into idolatry of placating the Earth. Oh, my gosh. We've even heard Pope Francis say that, you know, we have to placate the earth. He's, he's actually bought into this, Terry. I know he has. As if it were like if it was some yep. type of modern fertility goddess. Yep. Trying to catch up with secular and contemporary concerns, a new emphasis in what has been labeled eco-theology, tried to balance theological allegiance to both creator and creation. Of course, Here it comes. Yep. the church should be one of the loudest voices speaking out against the brutalization of deforestation, of course. the rape of the seafloors by industrial fishing, the strangulation of all life and death by plastic, but not to save the planet. Jesse, let me just jump in and say one thing. At the cost of forgetting to save souls. Continue. See, yeah. that's my point. We're out of balance. Continue. 
Yeah, there's no problem with, you know, not spitting on the sidewalk. Don't throw gum on the floor. Don't throw trash out the window. Put your yeah, recyclings in the blue can. Yeah. yeah, There's just some common sense things that we should all be doing. Don't, you know, don't put graffiti on, on the wall. You think? But but don't go overboard either, Terry. That's What's happened is, yeah. yeah, the left has gone overboard in this. And a lot of the Catholic left has followed Bought them as well. Bought into it, yep. We're reminded that the Old Testament confers responsibility for creation on humanity, not rights. Well said. The covenant curses in Leviticus 26.34 says, quote, But in spite of all of this, the Lord says, You do not obey me, but continue to walk in hostility towards me. Then I will walk in fury against you, and I, even I, will punish you sevenfold for your sins. I will lay waste the land, it shall lie desolate. Close quote. The message from God is stark and a simple one. If you turn your back on God, there will be serious ecological consequences. St. Paul balances the insight that the entropy of a universe that is running out of energy and needs renewing parallels our own wounded mortality with the claim that everything, spirit and matter, is contingent on Christ. In Romans 8.22, he writes that matter echoes spiritual teleology as he describes the world groaning and and longing for a new order in which time and space are wound up and replaced. St. John lifts the prophetic telescope a few degrees higher and glimpses the new heavens and as importantly for us at this point, the new earth that is going to be called into being. He writes, quote, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, close quote, Revelation 21.1. And Jesse, this is how the earth is saved. Matter will be renewed. See, this is what they don't get. Continue, Jess. This is you know the stuff. way Scott Hahn describes that? He says, just like the priest puts his hands over bread and wine yeah. at Holy Mass and it changes into the second person of the Blessed Trinity, yeah. he says at the end of time, when Christ comes back, He will extend his hands over the earth and he will transubstantiate the earth and the earth will become heaven. The earth will be subsumed (laughs) with heaven. I'm like, wow, that blew my mind. That blew me away. Jesse, the last part of this article, please share it with them. Matter will be renewed. How's the earth supposed to be saved? Matter is going to be renewed by Christ. Yes. It will be rescued from sterile death and from becoming entropic. X stardust. <laughs> it will become whatever wondrous reconfiguration God the Creator intends when He wraps up the time space continuum. Of course, the church should be one of the loudest voices speaking out against the brutalization of deforestation, the rape of the sea floors by industrial fishing, the strangulation of all life and death by plastic, but not to save the planet. The, per- the church's purpose is to save our bodies and the increasingly poisoned environment they inhabit, which mirrors the poisoning souls from the consequences of sin and greed. But the priority, as the church has always taught, is to save the soul itself. Well said. And just canon law, last canon says it all. Yeah. That's the purpose of the saved souls. And that's why, in many times, Jesse, I make this point before we break, and that is we always want to speak the truth to people because... You know, if it's a political reason you don't want to say something, who cares? If it, if it means they're going to lose their soul, what's more important, the political problem or the salvation of the soul? Obviously, salvation of the soul. So the last part, it says the wounded earth deserves our care. Of course it does. Yep. But it remains a symptom of a more distressed 
ecosystem, yeah. the human soul. Save the soul, and the earth stands a much better chance of coping with our tendency. That you know what, Jess? That's what we say as the Second Vatican call, Second Vatican II Council calls universal salvation, universal call to holiness. We just need to be embracing the faith. All this other stuff falls together. See, and what's happening is we're focusing too much on this planet rather than our future life. Yeah, this uh, this uh, article was written by a former priest of the Church of England. I love it. And he's uh, and and he was also a former Anglican bishop. Wow. I'll tell you one thing. He writes very Catholic. He has a very yes, he, he has a very strong Catholic sensibilities, and uh, everything that he says there, Terry, I as a Catholic could agree with him as an Anglican. Yeah. Uh, we have to we have to refocus our energies because again, like you said, yeah. the last canon in the Code of Canon Law that governs the Catholic Church says that the Church exists for the salvation of souls. Not to put, not to tell us to put on a mask or stand six feet apart or to anything else for well the salvation said. of our soul. Amen. That's what we exist here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio to get you to heaven. How do we do it? The perennial teachings of the church. Uh, we're not into uh, what Ford says. I got a better, a new idea. No, the idea is with Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. We'll be right yes. back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, before we begin, I just Jet Richard gave me a good idea. We had Charles Cologne on our show yesterday, as everybody knows, and I had a lot of people say, man, that guy's smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is. Well, mm -hmm. after the show, I spent four hours with him. <laughs> Jesse's like, what? You did? I did. Folks, now I'm telling you. And bottom line is I spent another hour and 15 minutes in the studio with him on a podcast. We call it a fireside chat for our monthly donors. And if you want to be a monthly donor, you'll get that because that was really special. You just, you know, go online to vmpr.org and become a monthly donor of over $25 or more a month. You get those uh, once a month. I do special uh, fireside chats with, with sharp people, with people who are on fire because we need to be inspired. Yeah. So I just want to bring that up. And I'm just going to be real frank with everybody listening. I am going to pray on that we will be able to get Charles on a regular basis on VMPR because of his knowledge, especially of history. I think he'd be a great asset to us. So keep that in prayer. All right, Jess, let's get to our second topic for today. Terry, is, is, is Charles Cologne, does he live in the States or is he over uh, in No, Europe? Austria. We would have to oh, okay. give him a, a uh, mic in Austria. And so I'm, I'm, we're looking at that. Folks, you're actually hearing me talk about VMPR's future. Yes, we're always looking for good speakers, good radio hosts who will inspire you with the exactly. teachings of Christ and his church. And I got to tell you, um, I'm very impressed. Worth the investment. Yeah, I think so. And I think our, our donors are going to help support that too, Jess. I think so. All right, let's get to our next topic, Jess. Terry, this, this breaks my heart. Pope Good. Francis gave a warm welcome to Nancy Pelosi yeah. after all the... After everything he knows, what happened in the U.S. with Roe versus Wade, yeah. Nancy Pelosi's comments, yeah. to me, it's a not-so-subtle message of support of for the abortionist. Um, Pope Francis, again, he remains silent as, as these anti-abortion Catholics or pro-choice Catholics around the world joyfully celebrated the Supreme Court's uh, I mean, excuse me, pro-life. Sorry about that. Yeah. He remains silent as we pro-life Catholics yeah. 
around the world joyfully celebrated the Supreme Court's landmark decision overturning Roe versus Wade, giving the impression that he was at least uncomfortable if not displeased with it. I, I thought he was going to be doing backflips personally. He should be, like Cardinal Pell. Yeah. But uh, then on June 29th, the Solemnity of the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, Pope Francis broke his silence, not with words, but with a symbolic gesture. He greeted and blessed the pro-abortion representative, Nancy Pelosi, in St. Peter's Basilica. Sad. After that brief meeting... The House Speaker attended Mass and received communion. Communion is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Although the Pope did not give her Holy Communion due to health reasons, he did not celebrate Mass, but attended next to the altar, he must have known Mrs. Pelosi was going to receive Holy Communion as she normally does. And the Vatican Protocol Office gave her a place of honor. Indeed, Nicole Winfield, writing for the Associated Press, reports that at the Mass, quote, she was seated in the VIP diplomatic section of the Basilica and received communion along with the rest of the congregants, according to two people who witnessed the moment. Right. So what does this do? This sends a message of support to the abortionist because Pope Francis, he showed no sign of contentment with the pro-life movement's great victory with the Supreme Court Dobbs ruling, which drastically restricts the crime and sin of abortion. On the contrary, he welcomed a politician who publicly criticized that ruling of the Supreme Court and who Nancy Pelosi is an outspoken supporter of abortion. How not to interpret this his attitude as support for pro-abortion Catholics? Now, let's talk about the worthiness to receive Holy Communion. Okay. Archbishop Salvatore Corleone, he's had a private, numerous private meetings with her. He's the Archbishop of San Francisco. He published a notice forbidding abortionist leader Nancy Pelosi to receive Holy Communion in his archdiocese. Yep. Now, Nancy Pelosi, who insists on calling herself Catholic ignored her pastor's serious communication founded on church doctrine and canon law. Right. And also the document, The Worthiness to Receive Holy Communion, written in 2004 by Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger. In it, the then prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith reaffirmed the principle of refusing communion to pro-abortion Catholic politicians. And guess what? She has not has not publicly repudiated her abortionist activism. On the contrary, she's doubled down. That's right. I mean, the very day of the Supreme Court ruling, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, she gave an impassioned speech saying, among other things, the following. Look at this awful three sentences she said, quote, Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved the GOP's dark and extreme goal of ripping away women's rights to make their own reproductive health decisions. A woman's fundamental health decisions are her own to make in consultation with her doctor and her loved ones, not to be dictated by far-right politicians. While Republicans seek to punish and control women, Democrats will keep fighting ferociously to enshrine Roe versus Wade into law. Terry? Yeah, see, I just want to 
jump in and say this. Yeah. It's really disturbing to see our house, how it's divided. Okay? Yes. This is not God's house the way God wants it. He wants us all on the same page. That's why we have the magisterial teachings of the church. It brings unity. Okay? But we don't have that because think, and this is the same thing. Now, this article came out just this morning that Pope Francis has noted incoherence of President Joe Biden support for abortion, just like Nancy Pelosi as a Catholic, but said he leaves it to Biden's conscience whether he should receive Holy Communion or not. Now, this is speaking in a Spanish TV network. I don't. I hope the translation is accurate. It probably is, but saying that, you know, scientific data shows that a month after conception, DNA of, of a fetus is already present and the organs are already aligned. Yes, is it fair to eliminate a human life? Well, the problem, Jesse, is that he's stating that he leaves it to Biden's conscience saying, let him talk to his pastor about this incoherence. Here's the problem with all of this. The problem is he's our shepherd. He's our spiritual father. It would be like you, Jess, or myself telling our children, you know, adultery, it's, um, you know, I, why don't you really think about that one before I, I don't want to condemn you, make you feel, you know, maybe a, a, make you feel politically incorrect or something. But rather than tell my son or tell the children that, look, you're endangering your salvation of your your soul. That's part of my job is to confirm you in the faith, son, spiritual children. I need to tell you the truth because if I don't tell you the truth, <laughs> I'm culpable of falling into that sin myself. That's what the church teaches. So here I am saying this, Jesse, to the vigor of Christ. Who the heck are you, Terry? You know what I am? Canon 212, bro. Yes. That's what I'm saying. They need to know the needs of our us as lay people. The needs are, please be accurate. Don't be ambiguous. Don't tell people that they can just look to their conscience. Don't give them the easy way out because look what our Lord did today in the gospel. He didn't tell those cities, oh, it's okay. Just you know, live according to your conscience. No, he said, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. And so I say, let's do likewise. Yeah, you're going to end up like Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to rain fire on you from heaven. Yep, yep, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. Well, the Vatican statement on the Dobbs decision came from a well-known liberal close to the homosexual movement. Yeah. Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, president, president of the Pontifical Academy for Life. Yep, keep going. Uh, yep. The Pontifical Academy's communique stated, among other things, that Quote, it is important to reopen the non-ideological debate. Hey, Je Jesse, life. back up. This is the most gobbledygook. I've never heard yeah. anything so stupid in my life. Repeat, read it again. It is important to reopen the non-ideological debate on protecting life without falling into a priori, a priori ideological positions. What the heck does that mean? Instead of celebrating, tell well, this guy's, this guy's, he had a in his cathedral. He had an, a, a a big mural on the wall painted of homosexuals having an orgy. It's still there. Same this guy. guy. Yep. Yep. This guy. Yep. So it doesn't. It's consistent. He, he it said nothing here. This is this is typical LGBT language. It yep. says nothing. Yep. The article says it goes on to recommend adequate sexual education, guaranteed health care access to all, and legislative someone? measures to protect the family and motherhood. Overcoming existing inequalities. Talk about the weakest statement I've ever heard. Oh. They should have interviewed Father Pavone for this. Exactly. But Jesse, this is our challenge right now. We need clarity with charity. We need to have it explained to us as, as a shepherd tells his flock, flock, I'm leading you to heaven. And what I see here right now, Jesse, is I see 
a spiritual fathers in our church not giving us the teachings of Christ rather than giving us an easy way out. And that's really sad. Yeah. Look at the again. So what does the Pontifical Academy mean by avoiding, quote, a priori ideological positions, close quote, mm -hmm. in the fight against abortion? This is an unclear statement. Yep. Could it be abandoning Catholic morals and the principles of natural law, which a priori forbid exterminating the innocent in their mother's womb? Exactly. The least can be said is that this innocuous statement shows not the slightest joy and gratitude to God for having allowed this ruling by the Vatican, yep. which prevents numerous sins that transgress both the divine and the natural law. This is a great victory. Pope Francis should have expressed joy and thanked the American pro-life movement. Of course. It kept the flame of morals and natural law alive for many decades. Year after year, the, the March for Life brings together huge crowds in the dead of winter while dedicated pro-lifers pray in front of abortion clinics and convince poor disoriented mothers not to sacrifice their children. How many have been arrested in this heroic struggle, like Terry Barber? But they never were discouraged and never withdrew from the fight. In addition, the pontiff should also thank the Supreme Court justices who, facing abortionist furious threats, have ruled according to law and justice for fulfilling their duty to their country, and also as Catholics, by the way. The fight against abortion has not ended with the Supreme Court's decision. The struggle for morality, a sense of good and evil, and the natural law continues with the grace of God and the protection of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I love it, Jess. And when we come back, I want to give Cardinal Pell his statements from last week complimenting America for standing up for life, especially wow. the Catholics who are doing it. And this is what we were looking for from Francis. Please pray for Pope Francis. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, we're back, Jesse. And boy, I want to give um, Cardinal Pell and Archbishop Vigano their share in this conversation about the abortion issue. Cardinal Pell said last week in San Francisco, he said, as an outsider, I congratulate you for your achievements of stopping the killing of innocent life through the Roe versus Wade decision. And uh, he just made some nice comments. But what I really like about Archbishop Vigano, Jess, he's urging the U.S. bishops to excommunicate Joe Biden and others, you know, like Nancy Pelosi, who support abortion. And I think that for him to say that, you know, this was a, a audio message delivered to the American reporter. <clears throat> he cited that, that Judicial Watch, and I support Judicial Watch, they're good people, that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, <clears throat> purchased organs of babies <clears throat> killed in abortion. And he said that this video is being circulated showing that it was the Biden administration that was supporting that also, and, uh, and also um, the previous Democratic Party man. So we're just uh, basically saying enough's enough. They're charging $515 back in 2013 to get baby parts. See, this is where we're going. This is why <clears throat> this is not something to be quiet on, Jess. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Terry. And God bless those uh, prelates for yes, I give them credit. Yeah, for speaking the way we would we would expect Pope expect Francis it. to speak. That's what we expected yep. from the Vicar of Christ. But Amen, brother. It just we'll didn't happen. Him. Nope, we'll pray. We All always right. do, Terry. Disney has received the backlash 
And so that's why they were kind of quiet. <laughs> they were they were muted, yeah, muted after the Supreme Court abortion decision, the Dobbs decision. They really didn't say anything because they took a big hit yeah. by jumping into the culture wars. They did. So the muted reaction from the American corporations in response to the Supreme Court's recent ruling striking down Roe versus Wade is a classic case of Sherlock Holmes, the dog that didn't bark in the <laughs> I night. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's evidence that companies have witnessed the recent popular backlash to corporate CEOs forays into political activism and they don't want to experience it themselves. Well, that's a relief for ordinary Americans like you and I. Absolutely. We're sick of corporate Americans, America playing politics. More broadly, this silence is a victory for corporate shareholders whose savings and retirement accounts have been threatened by divisive corporate activism. Unfortunately, shareholders still face threats on the woke capitalism fronts. But only by continuing to fight back can we protect our savings from even more financial market turmoil Amen. at the worst possible time. Stocks just had their worst first half of the year in 50 years under Joe Biden. Mm. Companies had more than a month to formulate a response to the end of the federal abortion rights in the United States, reports the New York Times. But when the final decision arrived in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization, relatively few had anything to say about the outcome. Talking about corporations, they kept yeah. their mouth shut, which is good. Yep. Indeed, when companies decided to speak out at all on the ruling, the responses were generally milquetoast. Consider the representative remarks by Johnson & Johnson. They said, quote, We believe health care decisions are best determined by individuals in consultation with their health care provider. <laughs> kind of milquetoast. Oh, yeah. These companies have likely observed... What Disney learned the hard way in a Mickey Mouse move, the, the company recently decided to wade deep into Florida's culture war swamp. It strongly opposed the new law in a Florida state preventing school district employees from discussing transgender issues with primary school students. Disney CEO Bob Chapek said that the law is a challenge to basic human rights really? and promised to fight it. <laughs> the company paid the price for this politicking. Yep. The Florida state government revoked its special governing status that saved it tens of millions of dollars each year. Good no more. <laughs> Customers have organized boycotts of company theme parks and canceled their Disney streaming service. Yet the biggest victims of Disney's woke wokeivism aren't company shareholders. Disney's stock price is down more than 30% since Chapek's remarks, the CEO. Wow. Nearly three times a broader market. Investors are clearly worried about how the company's controversial political position will impact profitability. Their fears are not unfounded because a 2020 state study published in the Journal of Marketing finds that corporate activism often negatively affects the company stock market performance. Terry, it's good to see the, the little guy beat the big, oh, big yeah. guy for and, once. And you know, yeah. Jesse, there are big companies like this. They're starting to figure it out. Disney is one of the largest companies in the country, and it's part of the numerous passive index funds that savers and retirees rely on to protect and grow their assets. By taking this controversial stance, Disney's CEO has effectively said his political opinion is more important than the stockholders' value. Whoa. Yet mm. instead of holding them accountable, Disney's board of directors voted last week to extend this contract for another three years. Under the radar, stockholders 
also face another significant woke capitalism threat, environmental, social, and government requirements, investment funds, place activist goals regarding social justice, identity politics, climate above profitability in violation of their legal fiduciary duty to maximize sh- uh, shareholders' returns. Jesse, this this one, I mean, there's other companies like Dick's Sporting Goods are all over the country. They're they're saying they're going to support killing unborn babies. So nobody should be buying. I'm, I'm, I'll make that. I I was going to uh, I was going to Dick's Sporting Goods to get some baseballs, and I said, wait a minute, aren't they on that list? And they were. So I just think that we have to let them know with the walk with their p- pocketbook that we're not going to support them. Just the last part of this article, please. Big investment. It says big investment funds like BlackRock. Mm-hmm are using their market power yeah. and left-wing politicians are using their political power to bully companies into adopting ESG priorities. However, ESG requirements, such as those, those that prioritize race and gender over merit, can weigh on profits on which stock market performance is based. Mm-hmm. It's time for ordinary investors. This is the cash value right here. Yeah. There. It's time for ordinary investors yep. and retirees to turn their anti-woke fire from activist CEOs to the broader ESG movement. Only widespread backlash can halt this destructive and potentially illegal practice. CEOs speaking out on controversial political issues are the most obvious form of woke capitalism. Exactly. But ESG requirements are the most pernicious or dangerous. Yep. The clues are there for anyone who dares to look. Terry, here's here's what's going on. Here's the fight right now. Tell me. And I think I heard uh, Voris mention it. Yeah. I heard some other Protestant mention it. Uh, sure. Michael, Mike Lindell or something. And it was it's a good description. We're fighting the Great Reset. These are the globalists. Okay. These yeah. are the ones that, uh, again, they worship the earth. They want to depopulate the earth. Right. They want to make the perfect human race according to their image and likeness. They want to make machines like, you know, turn machines into humans. These are, these are, this is the Great Reset. On the other side, we're having what's called the Great Reawakening. In other words, I'm seeing Catholics, Protestants, conservatives, patriots, even people of goodwill, Terry, they're rising up and they're pushing back. Yeah, thanks be to God. Yeah, so, so, so those are, those are the, it's two groups. Yeah. You could make it simple and go right to the Bible, First John 3.10. You got the sons of Satan and that's the sons right. of God. It's simple. To make, to make it simpler, uh, but that's what we have here. Or, or, or Fulton Sheen said back about 50 years ago, yeah. he, said, you have the, he said you have the comrade... The comradeship yeah. of of communism, right, or or the brotherhood of Christ, yep. And your, so th- your that's choice. where we're at, Terry. Yep. There's only two teams out there. Yeah, yeah. And we need to make a choice, Jesse, because by not making a choice, you're making a choice. We cannot be silent any longer, Terry. And a lot of Catholics have made a choice by their lukewarmness. If you're lukewarm, you've made a choice. And not only that, that's right. Like Biden and Pelosi. Yep. Your, your disobedience to the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church, you've made a choice. Jesus Christ says, I will spit the lukewarm out of my mouth. There are so many lukewarm Catholic politicians in both parties, but mostly the Democrats. 
And I'm going to tell you, Terry, it's not going to, if they don't repent and get right with God, it's not going to be pretty for them on Judgment Day. Uh, I mean, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, hell's going to be like uh, the county jail. Are you kidding me? You think you're going to be doing push-ups and running around the yard and lifting weights and sodomizing your cellmate and getting 3,000 calories a day of food? No. St. Faustina told us that hell is a torture chamber. And guess who's the red meat? Guess who's the barbecue? Guess who's the hot dogs? Guess who's the steak? It's human souls. Those human souls are the red meat, and the demons are the torturers. Yep, and life is short. Eternity is forever. That's why, Jesse, our passion is every single day when we get up, we want to tell people about Jesus Christ and his saving works. We don't want to tell you, you know, you're not going to hear me tell you about how we're going to save the earth, okay? I have solar panels. I, I recycle plastic bottles. I'm all for that. But you know what my breath is going to be on? Teaching people about how to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And this is what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. That's why we have Bishop Fulton, excuse me, Bishop Joseph Strickland coming on every Tuesday after the Terry and Jesse show. What's he going to tell you? You guys... You're not going to be you're going to be shocked what he has to say today regarding about the woke culture that we're in. This is a bishop, a successor of the apostle. Jess and I, we're just laymen. You know what? Right. We're help. We're, I think we are inspiring the, the folks out there listening to say, wait a minute. If Terry and Jesse can say that, I'm going to say that I'm going to speak up more for the for the Catholic faith. And that's what we're trying to do here at VMPR.org. Wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Nope. Nope, global warming alert. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? <laughs> Just like a foot, good football coach, baseball coach, basketball coach sure. tells their team, right before they hit the field, he says, make sure that before the game is over, you leave it all out in the field. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> make sure before you die and you breathe your last breath, yep. you leave it all out in the field for Jesus Christ. Well said. And I want to thank all of you again for supporting us here because we couldn't do it without you, our listener. Jess, I wanted to ask you the question. I always ask you about what state to live in, but what are the, what's the requirements of a Catholic to get to heaven? Tell us. Requirements of the Catholic is you have to die in a state of sanctifying grace. That means you have to be free from mortal sin. You have to even be fighting against the inclinations to venial sin. Yep. The fastest way to receive sanctifying grace is the sacraments of the church, specifically Holy Communion. Right. The sacrament of confession and Holy Communion. Amen. Sanctifying grace means you're a friend of God and God lives in your soul. And don't forget to get that rosary out every day. Pray for the world peace. And don't forget, Our Lady said at Fatima, souls are going to hell. Yes, hell. Because what? Because there's no one there to pray and make sacrifices. That's what we want you to do. That's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful. And just the last statement is, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, we need to be living in the state of grace. And last time I checked, I don't think this is going to change. Do not live in a state of mortal sin. Be holy or die trying. Up next, Bishop Strickland.